Hello, my name is Dylan, and this is the Heroes of Reality podcast, a place where I interview heroes of reality, of life, science, technology, and more, and I share the stories, lessons, journeys, inspiring you to be the hero of your reality. And in this podcast, I interview Mikhail Dia. He is an online digital marketer. He actually has a SaaS product that helps uh, digiting, digital marketing agencies and, and basically digital marketers uh, with understanding and optimizing their sales funnel. It's called Funnelytics.io. And it's a powerful tool that if you're concerned with your ROI, if you're concerned with you know driving traffic to your page and what does that customer journey look like, his product really helps with that. And we dive deep actually into, you know, what is his motivators? What is his holy grail? And, and also, what, what allows him to, to stay focused? How does he pick and choose these projects so that he gets an internal sense of motivation, of meaning, of purpose? And, and how does he stay up to date with that? How does he gut check and what triggers and cues allows him to revisit um, what he calls the quadrant of boxes so that he can make sure that he is in constant alignment with the activities that he does so he's getting a sense of fulfillment from it. So hey, it is Mikhail, my pleasure you to introduce today. Mikhail D. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, brother. Um, I know we both have our mutual friend, Anthony. And, yeah. Uh, and I uh, had him on the podcast recently. And uh, he recommended uh, connecting and, and talking with you. Um, and so I'm actually really excited to uh, learn a bit about you, um, what you've been up to. Um, and so I'd love if you could just kind of just give me just a little bit of a, kind of a background of how you got into marketing and what, kind of what sets you on this whole journey of path of, of you being an entrepreneur today. Yeah, that's good. That's a good question. Um, it, actually, it happened. So I, I'm your... I'm your typical kind of, I grew up in Canada and Toronto. Uh, I played a lot of soccer as a kid and, and, you know, I was your typical kid. I, I definitely was not selling candy bars in my locker room or, you know, I wasn't an entrepreneur. I wasn't hustling when I was a kid. I was just a normal kid. And I went to university. I went to uh, university for civil engineering. So bridges, roads, structures, that kind of stuff. Not because I actually, wanted to be an engineer it's because i didn't know at all what i wanted to do at 17 years old for the rest of my life that's fair as most kids don't um yet they're told that they have to to get into university and choose your next four years which is kind of ridiculous but um i didn't really know what i wanted uh and what i wanted to do i just figured okay i'm, I'm decent at math so i'll, I'll just do engineering. It's a good basis. But about uh, three years into my degree, like I knew deep down that I did not want to do this. And um, I ended up graduating uh, from civil engineering and me and my two roommates, two of my closest friends, we, we decided we're going to start a t-shirt company. And, you know, the, the thing is like, you when you say you're going to start something you don't really know what you're doing right you're just like i'm going to start a t-shirt company and uh, ultimately what we ended up doing was we uh, designed all of these t-shirts and we got our friends and family to buy these t-shirts and yep. they bought them they were happy you know we were just out of university we had a big group of friends you know partying all that stuff so we sold out of the t-shirts really, really fast. So thinking that business was easy, we went and ordered boxes, <laughs> boxes of yeah. these t-shirts. And like, we're like, man, if we sell out that quickly, like we're going to be able to, this, this is easy. So we like literally my condo was stacked with boxes of t-shirts, the same designs and all this it's stuff. Such the typical like startup environment, just a couple of like, like, uh, <laughs> and just sitting around with the boxes of stuff with products. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, and then we realized that, um, oh, our friends and family already bought t-shirts and they didn't want to buy more. Yeah. So we had to figure out how to sell to strangers and that's when i googled how do you sell online and that took me down this crazy rabbit hole of like all sorts of stuff all sorts of stuff around like digital marketing mm -hmm. how to make money online yeah. um and and of course you know when you google especially this was back in 2008 ish 2009 um google had maybe just done a couple different slaps and stuff but it, it was 
it was still pretty wild in terms of what you could find, right? So when you Google how to sell online, now you land on these really scammy sales pages that talk about, do you hate your job? And do you look at this laptop lifestyle, like making money from a beach. And here I am, like uh, uh, just graduated university. I hate my job. I'm like, I really would love to be selling stuff from the beach. So I just started going down this rabbit hole of like, digital marketing, selling online and all this. How long ago was that again? This is about 2008, 2009, 2010. Like between 2008, 2010, it was around that time that I was like diving into that stuff. And so from then to now, you've been focused 100% with online marketing, correct? 100% since since then. It's almost like, a, you know, they say that it takes, you know, quote unquote, 10 years uh, to, to, to master something. Um, do you feel like you've, um, you know, what... Uh, Kung Fu belt do you think you have right now when it comes to uh, uh, digital marketing? Yeah, um, I, th- I think I'm, I'm, I'm maybe a first degree black belt, probably not a, a second or third degree black belt just yet. Um, you know, I think the, I, I definitely know more than most, let's put it that way. Uh, and, you know, like you say, uh, you, when you spend 10 years doing stuff, and it's, it's one thing to like, take all of these books and read them and take these courses and, and read them or go through them. Uh, it's another thing to actually experiment and, and do things and, and test things out and spend money on advertising and not make money back and, and learn. Right. Um, and that's what I spent the last 10 years doing. So I know a lot of what works, a lot of what doesn't work and, and all that. Yeah. The, um, the, the person when he starts out, they, they, they substitute um, energy for efficiency. So they have tons mm-hmm. of energy. They dump it all in. Some works, some doesn't. The master, the black belt on the other side, just just does just enough energy to get the job done without exerting themselves. Right? Correct. Absolutely. With um, going through this, um, I guess what are because it sounds like <laughs> your first threshold guardian was having boxes of T-shirts and no place to sell them and going, oh shoot. And so funny, I years ago had a T-shirt business as well that I started with my friends. <laughs> I also had boxes of t-shirts that I sold to friends and family members and then just ended up with a, a whole bunch going, great, now what? Um, yeah. You know, I ended up- That's hilarious. Yeah. And so when you're talking about the whole thing, I was like, I was like, this, this sounds strikingly familiar. Um, so, but you know, it's, it's one of those entry points uh, to get in. What were some other like threshold guardians as you're going on to this realm of becoming a, a digital marketer um, that you battled in face and kind of kicked your butt a bit? Um, yeah, there's, there's a few things that have happened that kind of, um, you know, reaffirmed that I wanted to be a, a, an entrepreneur, reaffirmed that I wanted to be an online entrepreneur. And I can talk about those, but the things that, um, kind of kicked my butt is like everything, every, every time you try something new, every time you test something, every plan that you have will always, always work out differently. Like it's really rare that you you like plan something that you've never done before, and it works out the way that you thought about it, <laughs> and and even though you've never done it before. So you know everything has been an experiment for me um, over the course of the years. I I went on from you know the t-shirt company to testing um, various kind of online, and this was while I was still working on my t-shirt company, and I say company. But really, I just had T-shirts with designs on them. It wasn't a business. It was like I was just hustling T-shirts. And, um, it, you know, I went off from there to uh, selling, to testing, like, affiliate marketing stuff. So I remember I, I started a, a, a quality survival knife website. It was called qualitysurvivalknives.com. And my roommate had all these survival knives. Uh, He's, you know, he's a country boy. He loves the wilderness. So he had all these survival knives. So I took pictures of them. I wrote these reviews. um, And that was the first time I ever made my first dollar online was like setting up this review site. Um, Not really cool because what happened was I... I set all all this up so that I could like rank on Google and people could search like survival knife reviews or or these particular keywords and then I would show up. But I got really impatient because it takes really long time to rank for for keywords and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, let me try 
pay-per-click advertising. Mm -hmm. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go and put a uh, hundred dollars and hundred people are going to come to my website and 50 of them are going to buy my knives and I'm just going to make some money. And um, so I did that. I put, that was my plan. Right. And I, I spent a uh, hundred bucks. I forgot about it. I just put it on Google, uh, Google ads. I put a hundred bucks. I wrote these keywords. I turned it on. I kind of forgot about it. And then I came back, like, uh, I, I saw an email from the affiliate partner that I was using to kind of sell these knives. You got a commission. And I was like, holy crap, this worked. I can't believe that this worked. I'm going to be a millionaire. Like, this is amazing. I log into my affiliate account, um, $5.23. I'm like, okay. It's going to take a lot of knives for me to be a millionaire, but like it worked. I still made my first dollar. I go into Google ads, $99 and something like it was, I had like two pennies left in the, in the ad. I spent all $100 yeah. to make $5 and 23 cents. Yeah. And I got so angry. I was like, Fuck this. this is the worst. I got so mad. Cause I'm like, I just traded a hundred bucks for $5. This is the worst. Like who, whoever tells you that you can do online marketing and sell stuff online, they're full of crap. And, and, but then after like, I, I calmed down a little bit, I realized that, Hey, you know what? I actually got a stranger who's never heard of me. Who's never seen my website before to like come to my website and buy something. Mm -hmm. And, and now was kind of the, that was the, the 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 tipping point for me of saying like, actually this thing does work. I'm just missing some pieces of the puzzle. Like clearly I can't trade a hundred dollars for $5, but what if those numbers were inverse? What if I spent a hundred dollars, but I got 500 or what if I spent $5 and I made 50 or how do I inverse that? How do I turn that around? Like there's something here. It's just some pieces are missing. Mm -hmm. So it just kept me going. Right. It, it, and it, it's, it's always like this. Like I find that in life, you, whenever you're doing something, there'll always be a bunch of crap that you go through, but then there's always going to be little wins that those little wins will either motivate you to keep going or you just kind of ignore those wins and you don't, you're not grateful for, for that learning experience, that win. And you just kind of stop. Man, what you just said there is so powerful because, I mean, the point of a threshold guardian is to have you step up, get your butt kicked, and then for you to determine, do you want to keep going, right? Do you want, do you want this? Because yeah. you know, we gave you a piece, you survived the guardian, but you realize how much effort it's going to take because a lot of entrepreneurs, um, they believe that the tunnel is only 10 feet deep right? Mm -hmm. You're going through a tunnel, right? And they run into the tunnel and then they get their butt kicked and they actually look up and they realize that the tunnel is miles deep and there's only a little tiny light at the end. And they, and so it's really about that. What you just told yourself right there is such a powerful um, narrative for someone that's on their own, own journey, their own hero's journey of, of you looked at that not as a failure as, oh my gosh, I, I spent all this energy and I am now $95 poor. You said I spent all this energy and I got a result. I actually made income from a stranger, which, which created a whole new belief pattern for you, which is exactly. And so with that, do you, I mean, do you pull from that when you get your butt kicked in future patterns where you're like, okay, this is just like the knife story. Is that a, is that a, like a positive anchor? Um, or yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's always a, it, it's more of like a, I look back on it. I'm like, Oh, I was so naive back then. <laughs> I, I, like I, I didn't know anything back then. Right. Um, so I look back on it more like that, but, and I was so like, uh, you know, like I said, I was like, man, I'm going to be a millionaire from this website. Like I, I literally thought that. Right. And I was like, okay. And, and for sure, like, here's the reality. If I would have kept going with this, especially now in these times, if I had that site, that's like quality survival knives and survival gear and all that stuff, like it probably would be doing really well after 10 years. Yeah. But of course, I quit as soon as like, I was like, all right, on to the next project. You know, one of the things that I think um, most people don't realize is the tunnel never ends with entrepreneurship, right? It's, it's you know, I, I had a really interesting chat with somebody um, and I was at a mastermind uh, a few months ago now and the guy was doing, his business was doing about $100 million uh, a year and 
I, I, we were chatting and he was, he said to me, he was like, you know, you know, what's funny. People think that like money solves all problems, but you know what, what happens when you have money, when you first get started, you have like startup problems, right? Mm -hmm. Then you hit your first six figures per year. You hit your, your six figure mark, a hundred thousand dollars or up to a million. And now you have six figure per year problems. Then you cross that million dollar threshold and you have a million dollar per year problems. Then you get to 10 million and you have $10 million per year problems. The problems don't stop. They just keep going and they get amplified based on the level that you reach. And I think that's where most people don't, um, don't realize. I think people get, um, they, they don't like the problems. I, I was having a, a chat with somebody and I was saying to him, um, you know, the number one entrepreneurial trait in my mind is not persistence. It's not, it's not drive. It's not ambition. It's not being naive that we can change the world. It's that we thrive in shit. We enjoy actually like laying in bed at night. There's part of our brains that say, I actually enjoy having my back against the wall. Mm -hmm. I enjoy having to solve this thing. Like it's painful. I hate losing $50,000 in, in a month or, or my, you know, having to fire an employee or all of these problems, but we actually thrive in them. And we, it kind of gets us like, that's what pushes us, yeah. right? When our backs are against the wall, that's when we're like, okay, like, let's get to work. Let's do this. It's so funny. Uh, I, I totally agree with you on that. One of them, so my company, we, we created uh, a couple different value sets, right? And uh, we added our own words from it. And so the words that I came up with was uh, grow termination. And it was the, mm -hmm. the pleasure that you get from the pain of growth, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what, exactly what you're talking about of that. I'm uncomfortable and I feel uncomfortable, but I know this is I know this is meaningful because I know I can figure this out. And there's that there's this weird balance that entrepreneurs have to be able to sort out. And it's all it's all individuals. And I'm actually curious about your how you handle this is that too much of that pressure will cause you to crack or break or actually just be a an a, a intolerable human to be around. Um, and uh, not enough makes you complacent, apathetic, depressed, wandering, all that stuff. And so what I'm very curious is how do you how do you live in that pressure? How do you live in the situation where your back's against the wall while being able to to keep a sense of calm, a sense of peace, uh, a sense of being able to relate and connect with other people while 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 your feet are on fire? How do you balance those two elements at the same time? That's a very good question. Um and, and not something that I've thought about uh, very often, but, oh man, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful question. It's a, it's a very strange balance and dynamic, you know, like I, I have a very clear vision in terms of what I want to achieve. And I think that that's where um, a lot of people lack, right? If you aren't clear with your vision. And if you aren't clear with the fact that you are going to achieve that vision, no matter what, uh, then it becomes hard to keep going sometimes, right? Like you, it, it, the pressure gets to you and then you question yourself and you say, well, why am I doing this? Like, do I really even want this? And, and until you find that clarity in terms of what you want to achieve, whether it be in life and your relationships and your business, it doesn't matter, right? Once you have that clarity in terms of what it is that you want to achieve and you have that belief in your mind that nothing's actually going to stop me from achieving that thing, I will achieve it. I don't know if it's going to work out the way I plan it. I don't know if it's going to work out in the same time frame. I don't know if it's, but it will happen, yeah. right? And you keep taking action towards that then all of a sudden these obstacles just become obstacles. They just become, there's always ways around obstacles, right? Um, but once you don't have that clarity, it's like, well, these obstacles become walls and you're like, do I really want to keep going? Like, I, I'm not even sure where this is headed. I'm not even sure I know like what I want from this. Yeah. A lot of times this happens when, um, you're growing a business that you don't enjoy. Like if you sell services, for example, let's say you're, you're uh, a marketing agency. A lot of times you'll find marketing agencies, they'll grow and 
the reason they started was because they actually just wanted to make more money and they knew they could charge clients and they can do marketing. And so they start selling clients and then they start to realize, oh boy, I don't really enjoy working with clients. I don't really enjoy doing all these things and these services, et cetera. And their business starts growing and then they hit a hurdle and then they question themselves and they say, well, do I really even want to keep pushing this thing? Like, where do, where do I, what do I want to do with this? Like, Mm. so I think, I think for me, that's, that's what it comes down to. It's, I'm very calm. And even when I'm under pressure, because I know what I want to achieve, I, I, I have a vision in my head of what, what is the thing. And, and until I achieve that vision, it, 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 I'll, I'll feel as though I'm quitting. Right. And I'll feel as though I'm quitting on myself. So, okay. I'm in shit right now. This sucks. This is, it smells bad. I'm, I, I, it, I don't like this, but I know that it's a stepping stone towards that vision. I don't have a choice. You have a meaning that's attached. That's stronger than the pain you currently reside in. Correct. That's a perfect way to sum it up. Awesome. So with that, I got a couple of things. Um, one, how did you create that vision? Mm. Did you go to some mastermind? Did you do a large amount of ayahuasca? Did you write it down in journal after 50 days and 50 nights? What was your process for creating that? Yeah, that's good. That's a, also a very good question. Um, actually, I, I look at this very, very differently than most people. I think visions are um, a, a moment in time. Like, your vision can change. The things that you want will will obviously change as you evolve. You know, the minute you have a, a, a kid um, and you're you're now a parent, that's very very different than you being in your twenties, right? And you being in your teens and all that stuff. So I think that's the very first thing is that you have to understand that visions um, can change and how you look at things can evolve. But the way that I look at the way that I look at this is a pretty unique and it goes back to a story. This happened to me in 2011, I think very beginning of 2011. I was, you know, I, I had spent about, you know, a year, maybe two years or so like playing around with this digital marketing stuff and online marketing, making money online. We had these t-shirts still, but you know, they weren't really moving. We were just kind of, they were just sitting there. Um, and I was, I was an engineer and I knew like, this is terrible. I don't like this. I was just doing it to, to kind of make money. But I, I had started this journey of online entrepreneurship. I had built that quality survival knife site and all that stuff. And, but I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my time. I didn't know what kind of business I wanted to start. Um, Cause I was like, well, I, I, there's a lot of things that I enjoy. I enjoy basketball. I enjoy like, but how am I supposed to know like what I want to build a business around? Uh-huh. And I got the opportunity to sit down with um, my, my roommate at the time, uh, who was also the guy who had all these survival knives, who was also the guy who I started the t-shirt company with. Uh, he, he ended up working for a digital advertising agency. And this agency was doing pretty good, probably around like 10 million. I didn't, I don't know the exact numbers, but probably around $10 million a year. And for me, that was like, holy crap, right? Like you're, you're making $10 million a year. That that's, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I got a chance to sit down with the founder of the company and I, I asked him, I said, how did you figure out that advertising was your passion? How did you figure out that you wanted to start an advertising business and that you wanted to grow an advertising business at $10 million per year? And he looked at me and he said, Mikhail, don't get this wrong. Advertising is not my passion. Then he explained, he said, there are four things that drive me every single day. Number one is I always want to be surrounded by creative people who are smarter than me. I love going into a room with creative right brain people who are actually just smarter than me when it comes to being creative and all that stuff. That fulfills me. It gets me excited. Number two is I love working on new and dynamic projects all the time, right? I just love change and working on these new projects. Number three is I love to strategize and turn ideas into a reality, right? I love to come up with, put something on a piece of paper, come up with ideas, and then like 
boom, you see a billboard with your idea and all that there. Number four is I love leading a team and getting the most out of people. I love coaching. I love mentoring. I love leading and getting the most out of people. Those are the four things that drive me. And it just so happens that advertising fulfills these four boxes, right? It just so happens that I've built, but there's probably a whole bunch of other businesses that I could have started, other industries, other things that I could have done that would have made me feel like I'm always going into a room with creative people. I'm always working on new and dynamic projects. I'm strategizing and turning these ideas into a reality and I'm leading a team and getting the most out of them. There's probably a bunch of other stuff. It just so happens that I went and did advertising. And I sat there when he said that to me and I was like, holy crap, you're saying that passion is kind of bullshit and it really comes down to like, what are the core things that fulfill you? Like if I can name four core things that fulfill me, then I can start looking at my opportunities and I can weigh them against these things that fulfill me. And I, I went home that day and like, I literally took it, like I took it literally. I went home, I took out a notebook Mm -hmm. and I started writing down like from my gut, what are the four things that I love doing in, in, in my life on a daily basis? Like the things that fulfill me. And I wrote down, learn, build, advise, and invest. Okay. Those were kind of the four things at the very beginning. And those things have evolved now over time. But at the time it was learn, build, advise, and invest. I love to learn. I love to um, read books. I love to take courses. I love to just get better and grow and, and learn and take in information. I love to build. I love to go through the steps of building, right? Maybe that's why I went into engineering to figure out how do you actually build these things. As a kid, I love to build Lego and and all that stuff. Um, I love to advise. I love to have these kinds of conversations, having conversations with people where um, I can give them a slightly different viewpoint and I can see the aha moment in their eye, right? That fulfills me. It gets me excited. And number four is I love to invest. When I have something that I'm uh, excited about, I love to invest my money. I love to invest my time. Um, I love to kind of just go all in and, and you know, really dive into that thing. It fulfills me. And I, I invest in mentors all the time. I invest in, you know, I just, it just fulfills me. It gets me excited. It just so happens that having online businesses fills these core boxes, right? And as I move forward and as I start to hone in on what kind of businesses, I always look at these four boxes and I, I evaluate my opportunities. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, well, maybe I, I could start this project. Hmm, am I going to learn stuff if I work on this project? Yeah, probably. Am I going to be able to advise people? Hmm, maybe. Uh, am I going to be able to uh, actually like build something? Yeah. Okay. I'll be able to build. Am I going to be investing? Yes. Okay, cool. Let me run with this. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. Let me just run with it and see what happens. Yeah. And then kind of keep going from there. So that was one of the conversations that changed, um, that changed my entire perspective to this day. I I work and operate and think, uh, about these, my four boxes, they've, they've changed now. They're, they're no longer learn, build, advise and invest, but um, that's how I look at everything. That's awesome. That's it's it's awesome. It's quote unquote simple. <laughs> it is very simple, but very powerful. Yes. And so, what's great about that, and what I'm curious on those types of things is uh, a couple things. One, what are your triggers for revisiting those core boxes? Right. So, what causes you to go back and say, "This is something I need to revisit. I need to update these things." It sounds like one of your triggers is I have a new opportunity, and before I step into that opportunity, I need to review my boxes to make sure that it matches what I would call core motivations. Right. It's not necessarily my my end goal, my big vision, my clarity. It's not necessarily the clarity of um, I want to be at the top of that mountain with a flag in it. It's just what are my motivations that will naturally give me a cultivated sense of energy right? That cultivated sense of energy is around what drives me, what creates joy, what creates fulfillment, what creates purpose, what creates, what, what, what will fill my tank up that will allow me to continue along this journey. And so these are what I would call core motivators. And yep. so with these core motivators, um, which is, which is great. I'm, I'm curious because a lot of people, not a lot of people, but 
you know, one of the issues is, is being able to, to have consistent discipline or dedications or systems or mechanisms that allows you, you might write down what it is those things are, but revisiting those things, what are, what are the cues and patterns? So one are new opportunities to present themselves, but do you, once a month, once a week, is it time-based? Is it when I'm feeling, when I'm feeling like I don't, like I'm not enjoying myself, like uh, I'm, I'm in the wrong business? What are some of those, do you have any, any triggers that cause you to revisit those buckets? Uh, it's the latter, the last one that you said, right? Which is like, I'm, I'm feeling unfulfilled. I'm feeling, I feel like things aren't in the right pattern, right? Things don't feel right. And, and I have an actual system as to how I, I measure this stuff. It's not measured. It's more of like a, a framework. So I take a piece of paper um, and I, I put four quadrants. And then at the very bottom, I put one big kind of box. So there's four quadrants, which has my four boxes, right? And then at the bottom across the whole page, I have one big box that spans the, the whole thing. Um, so in my four boxes, I'll have learn, build, advise, and invest in the four quadrants. And then at the bottom, I'll have other. Okay. And what I look at here is all of my opportunities, all of the stuff that I've got to do, because a lot of times you, you get, you, you look at your to-do list and you look at your projects and all that stuff. And you're like, man, I really don't want to do this. But then if all you do is switch the lens and look at it from, Am I going to, if I do this, what do I learn? Or am I going to learn something? Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I will learn something. Okay. I'm going to approach, I'm going to do this project, but I'm going to approach it with the mindset that I'm, I'm trying to learn something from doing this thing. Right. I'm going to approach this, this, um, from a slightly different, uh, from a slightly different angle. So what we do, what I do at least is, um, every time I have a big opportunity, right. A big opportunity, um, not like a, a project, like something that I could work on. Um, I then look at my four boxes and I say, okay, well, where does it fit? Am I going to learn something with this thing? Am I going to uh, build something? Am I going to, um, you know, and then I kind of weigh it like this and I decide, okay, I'm going to go and do this thing. Now, in terms of what's made me and by the way, if it doesn't fit any of the things, but I have to do it, it goes into the other box, right? And my goal is, okay, well, clearly this doesn't fulfill me. I, ha I have to do this thing, but it doesn't fulfill me because it doesn't fit in any of my four boxes. So how can I get somebody else to do this who it will <laughs> yeah, fulfill? Totally. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, the you know, why do they evolve? Why do they change? Well, because we change, right? Uh, as, as humans, like new things happen in your life. You, you know, I used to build has, um, used to be my, one of my boxes that has changed to the word architect. I no longer enjoy building. Mm -hmm. I actually really, because I've been building for so long, right. I, and building to me is like, okay, roll up your sleeves, get to work, like, you know, build the pieces. The architect says, okay, this is what the building's going to look like. Mm -hmm. The builder goes and says, okay, let me go and build so that it looks like this thing. Um, I no longer enjoy that. I no longer enjoy building. And it's probably because I have a team now and, uh, and all this stuff. I, but I, I love architecting. I love thinking, sitting in front of my whiteboard and, and designing like what, what could this marketing campaign be? What could this product look like? You know, just thinking that through gets me super pumped up. So I, I think for me, it's, it's not so much time-based as it is as I look at new opportunities, do they still fit? And then eventually what happens is you start to realize that, man, build doesn't really get me excited anymore. Like there's nothing, here's these things that I could do right now that fit under build, but I just don't really feel like doing them. They, they look really, you know, I don't, I don't get fulfillment from thinking about doing this. Yeah. And I think that's how it changes. Interesting. Uh, so with that, when you, one thing I thought was really interesting was you're talking about switching your lens, right? Uh -huh. And so you, you're going through this process and you're so, okay, this is, um, an activity, um, do X, Y, Z. And you're like, well, maybe I just need to switch my lens and I need to switch my lens out to, to a different type of lens. And, and I think, you know, so much about, I mean, even when you're talking about, you know, you know, meaning and purpose and motivations and things like that, that's, that's the ability to switch out those different lenses. 
um, around those, the, the ability to switch out that lens is, do you have a trigger for what causes you to, to is it the, again around the, I don't feel good about this, so, and do you have a, 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 um, a, a template or a, a number of different lenses that you view it through, like the lens of um, uh, service for others or the lens of, of, uh, of uh, joy and silliness, or is there, what are the, do you have certain lenses that you view it through that, that you normally can't have like a, a Rolex that you go through, or is it, how do you, how do you first identify that this is something that you need to switch out your lens, and then what are those types of lenses? Uh, I and I, I don't know if this is overly simplistic or or um, you know this is just what I do. I just I just look at those four lenses. I look at these four things. I reevaluate my four core boxes. And by the way, um, I've been doing this for like ten years. It's not three. It's not five, it's four. Like there's four <laughs> core motivators. Yeah. Um, and and what I've come to realize is I, I just keep asking myself, whenever I look at these, these opportunities, I ask myself like, well, do they fit these boxes, right? Because sometimes it's not about the activity itself. Yeah. Sometimes it's your mental approach to the activity. So again, if I approach an activity with um, the mindset that the, the entire purpose of me doing this is to learn something, mm -hmm. right? Then all of a sudden I have motivation to do it yes. because I know that for me, learning fulfills me. So what that makes me think about is, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you're, you're, you're framing these motivators, right? But it's almost as if, and um, I was talking to another uh, friend of mine, uh, Bashir, who is a neuroscientist, um, and he's a really uh, dynamic human, uh, neuropsychologist, um, thought mogul kind of guy, also crazy improvisationalist dancer, professional dancer, right? And I, I, I do a lot of improv dance too, actually, that's funny. I was also, I'm happy to connect you guys. Um, <laughs> cool. And so what he talked about and what this makes me think about is he goes, you know, look, Dylan, what I realized is you can't be great at everything. And so the lesson that he got was to write down everything, but then also to cultivate what are the three avatars in his life that he wants to be able to cultivate and grow and then focus on those on those avatars. And then everything that he does is it has to fall under those three things. So one is a, uh, a neuroscientist kind of flow specialist. Another one is like a, a dancer. And they all are fulfilling different motivations in his system. And so what it makes me think about, and, and I, I tried doing the exercise, writing it down, and I, I ended up with four. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so what it makes me think about is do you feel like those different boxes, those different motivators are different identities that you wear and the cultivation of the activity actually increases that identity and that avatar, the builder identity, the designer, the creator identity versus the uh, the other ones. Is that is that would that would that be fair to assume that you're cultivating? Yeah, I think I think that's a really cool way to look at it. I think it's um you know it's you take those motivators and you apply it to an actual person, right? And you think, okay, well. If I look at this neuroscientist, um, what are the motivators and what are the kind of core pillars of a neuroscientist's mindset and, and belief systems and all that stuff? Um, and then you'll start to realize, but then you'll, you'll realize that there's overlap, right? So maybe for him, he's sitting here and he's saying, I love to create. And the way he fulfills that creation box is through dance, right? Or I love to be artistic, right? And, and that fulfills him. And again, the, the way he fulfills that box is through dance. It doesn't mean that um, one of the things that I found out about uh, thinking this way is it doesn't mean that your, your goal is to find one thing that fulfills all four boxes. Your goal is to fulfill four boxes yeah. throughout your day throughout your weeks, throughout your months, right? Um, it's not to find that one thing. If you find that one thing, mm -hmm. then all you found is your quote unquote passion, right? That's where people, um, if you think of like, let's say uh, LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Okay, if we were to take back the fact that LeBron James is playing basketball and we were to look at what are LeBron's four core motivators, okay? I would probably bet that being active, 
is one of them. Competition is something that drives him and gets him excited. Um, brotherhood, companionship, right? Like being, and, and I would assume that there's something else around, um, you know, potentially like not so much superstardom, but like a, you know, excelling, like, you know, significance. Yeah. Maybe something around significance or something around like being the best, like being known as the best, right. Mm -hmm. That drive him and, and that gets him excited. And I don't know how to phrase that, but now all of a sudden you sit there and you're like, okay, competition at being active brotherhood and being known as the best, like, yeah, it makes sense that he's an athlete, but there's probably other things that would fulfill that for him. He doesn't have to play basketball. I'm sure he, LeBron James could have played football and done very well, right? Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that, yes, there is a persona that can be attached to each of these, these boxes. Um, but your goal is not to find one thing to fulfill your, your four boxes. Your goal is to fulfill your four boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So you have yeah, so it sounds like there's different spots in your in your in your brain, in your body, in your soul that you're you're looking to fulfill, and it doesn't have to be one one stop meets everything. If it does, great, congratulations, high five. But as long as you as long as you you identify your motivators and what creates passion in your life, you can always switch focuses onto those different passions. And as long as you're ticking each one of those buckets, right, then then, then everything everything is you you feel much more in line. If you don't, then it creates those those imbalances, like someone that is highly successful in business, but their health is failing or someone that's great in their relationship, but their, their business is failing. It's, 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 it's understanding that, that you're, uh, you, you, you need to have a well-rounded motivations. Otherwise there will be, um, blind spots and gaps. Exactly. What do you think? And so if we're going to shift gears here a little bit, what I'd be curious about is like, what advice would you give to people? Cause, uh, we're in the area where I know, um, uh, if anybody listens to this in the future, uh, the era of COVID, where there are more people at home than ever before, and more people are going online than ever before, and they're looking to be online digital entrepreneurs. They're looking to kind of get into this whole digital space, and maybe it is someone that mm, lost their job because they're in the service industry. We are the great land of service industries that are all completely shut down right now, and this is their day one, and, they're, and they have a roommate, and they're looking at their roommate's knives, and they're thinking about jumping into this. <laughs> Right. What, yep. what advice would you give to those, those, those young heroes that are getting ready, that, that, that have some time on their hands that are getting started? Um, you know, you know, you know, what would you recommend to them on, on, on how to, how to keep going to get to where you are? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. And, and here's the thing. Uh, the first thing you have to realize is that make money, making money online is bullshit. Okay the you can sell something of value to somebody who wants to buy it you can do that online mm -hmm. but the whole make money online mindset of like i'm just gonna put up a website and like people are gonna click on the buy button and i'm just gonna make money and and yay this is fun that doesn't exist. Okay. It, it, it's, it's bullshit. The people who are actually like selling you that the vast majority of what they make their money on is selling you the courses on the bullshit that they teach you. Right. And like, so the first thing that you have to understand is if you're going to go down this road, you have to understand that you are starting a business, meaning you are going to become an entrepreneur. And if you do not understand what that truly means, if you don't understand what I said before about like, eating shit and enjoying it, um, then you will not succeed, right? If you're, if you're extremely comfortable with your nine to five and you enjoy that, you enjoy that lifestyle. Um, uh, it just so happens that this COVID has, you know, made you lose your job. Switching to being an online entrepreneur is not easy. It's not going to, you're not going to just like, yay, cool. I'm an entrepreneur now. Um, then the, so let's assume that, that I, I understand that let's assume that I'm going to get past that. And yes, like I, I understand that problem. Okay. So now let's talk about what do you do? What do you sell? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you have four, four, three options. Okay. Three core options that you can sell people. Mm -hmm. You can sell them a, 
at the end of the day, you're you're selling a product or a service, right? You know, whether it's a software as a service or, or a physical product or a digital product, you're, you're selling some sort of product or service. But in the mechanism in which you sell them, there's three levels. There's do it yourself. So buy this product and you get it and you have to hand build your Ikea furniture and all that stuff, right? So do it yourself um, or in your courses, you know, whatever, right? So do it yourself level. Then you've got the do it with you level, which is typically coaching, consulting. I'm going to walk you through a framework. I'm going to walk you through a process um, and I'm going to coach you along the way, but you still have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the kind of top level, which is I'll do it for you, right? So I'll come in and I'll build you your kitchen. I'll come in, you know, like all of these, that's just an offline example, but those are kind of the three types of businesses that you can have. Mm -hmm. Done for you will always make you the most money. Mm -hmm. It's also the easiest to sell. Why? Because people are lazy and they don't want to do it themselves. If, If you could tell me, that I do not have to go to the gym and I can pay you money and I don't have to go through surgery, but you will like work out for me and I'm going to get the biceps and like, I'll do that. I'll pay you whatever you want. Right. It's not, it's not feasible, but done for you will always, always win at some point in the future. Neuralink. Yeah. We'll go ahead and have people take over and those guys will just go to the gym and work out for you. You know, exactly. And then you just pay them a lot. And I'm like, look at me. I look good. It's so true. Business. Um, yeah, seriously. Okay. So, okay. So those three levels you're talking about. So if you're getting, you basically got to identify, which is, which is in, in, in my world of things, it's, it's, um, there's a, because a, I, I used to own a gourmet food truck. I used to be a part of a food truck. And we say there's three levels of a chef. Um, mm-hmm. There's one thing where it goes, um, you know, tell me what you want and I'll make it for you. Here you go. Um, let's collaborate and I'll, and we'll co-create this thing. Or I know what's best for you and I'm just going to give you this thing. Correct. And it sounds like on those paths, it's the same, same thing. It's the exact same type of same layout, thing. right? It's, yep. it's, it's, here's your product. Let's co-create. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna do this whole thing for you, which is yeah, you know, which is you know. think of um, think of like uh, I don't know in Canada here I I don't know what all the companies are in the U.S. but in Canada we have a company called Good Food, which is like box like delivery service like subscription and like pre-made packaged meals almost and you just cook them yeah so like. If you think about that level, it's like, okay, do it yourself. Go to the grocery store, figure out your recipe, go buy the stuff, come home, cook it. Done with you is like, we've already given you this recipe. We've given you all the ingredients. Everything's pre-chopped. All you have to do is like put it in the pan and follow these instructions. Yeah. Right. And then done for you is like, let's bring a chef into your home. They'll just do it for you. They'll cook for you, et cetera. Right. So it's the same thing that happens online with whatever we sell. Yeah. Okay. We can do it in those three levels. I will, I can always make the most money and the easiest sell will always be done for you. So done for you, marketing services done for you, uh, anything really like anything that you can be done in, in a done for you manner Mm. will always like get you the most money and will be the easiest to sell. Mm -hmm. But there are restrictions to it, meaning the capacity is, is us to some degree, right? It's, it's my own brain, my own capacity, my team, uh, you know, it's, it's one-on-one interactions. It's, there's a limit to how much you can scale that do it yourself. Well, I could just send somebody to my website. They buy this course or they buy this ebook and like, that's it. Like you just, that's what you paid for. You got the ebook. I'm done. So I can drive loads, but it's, it's, it's harder to sell because there's so much information. There's so much stuff, right? There's you really have to kind of stand out and and all that stuff. So uh, the first thing I would say to somebody is, understand the skill, the skill that you have and package that skill for one core customer and sell them a done for you service that helps this core customer get to, you know, the, the thing that they want to achieve. Right. So I am a, I'm going to give the marketing example uh, here, but I am a, a B2B software company. And I'm a marketer who understands how to drive leads to B2B softwares because I've done that in my career. 
So I'm going to sell a system to help B2B software companies generate more leads for their software, right? And now I'm going to go to B2B software companies and I'm going to sell them that system, that marketing service. That's where I would start for most people. I would start thinking about what is your skill and go and sell that skill to one core type of customer because it's the easiest to get started. It's how you replace your income the fastest, right? So if you're making 10 grand a a month uh, in your day job, um, if you wanna replace that as fast as possible, go and sell a service or a skill to an individual. Got it. That makes a ton of sense. So the the question then being is not necessarily, and and you're right, the, 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 the quote saying, I don't know where it came from, I'm gonna attribute it to Abraham Lincoln, but everybody likes uh, to buy, everybody hates to be sold to, right? Yep. And that whole, that whole premise of, um, oh, uh, just buy my trinket online, it's like there, there's, there, you're not actually giving someone a result. You know, I, I, want, I want a personal trainer, not because I, I want someone to call me and give me platitudes in the morning, I wanna be skinnier. And so exactly. it's identifying what skills you have, how can you can convert that skills into a pre-practiced product that is basically digitizing your skill set and then offering that to an identified customer going, look, I know you have a pain. If you, if you, if you tick box A, B, and C, then my pre-packaged product will get that thing done for you. And if you want to pay my guests more money, I'll come and help you with that thing. Right. Exactly. So. I'll, if you want to pay more money, I will do it for you. If you want to pay... Uh, at the middle level, I will do it with you and I'll walk you through the steps and we'll, we'll jump on a call every week. Um, or if you just want to do it yourself, here's the course. Good luck. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's always harder to sell that course because people, people want the result in the easiest way possible. Yeah. Right. And the easiest way is always done for you. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, hence why, I mean, people, people want to get somewhere, right? Everybody. Uh, the the uh, everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die. So everybody wants yeah. to be that super successful entrepreneur, but nobody wants to go through the effort to get there. I mean, that's why right. life coaches are so powerful. Is that everybody wants the result of the body? Everybody wants the result of the entrepreneurship or the other thing. Nobody wants to put in the the effort, the discipline, and the accountability. So you offload that to mentors and and other coaches that will help keep you accountable. You're basically outsourcing that effort to other people that will reflect back to you. Hey, remember that thing that you said you wanted? Well, I'm here to make sure you do that thing. And so uh, that makes a ton of sense because, yeah, I mean, we, we're both things. We, we want progress and growth and all those things, but we, we want it as lazy and easy as possible. Um, I totally want the day where I can actually have someone take over my body and work out for me. I, <laughs> that's good. One day. There's going to be some iron-willed people that just come in that just do 20 hours of workout today. But I mean, if you think about, if you think about like what is today's done for you, mm-hmm. like weight loss or I want to look better. Well, it's plastic surgery, right? And like, and guess what? And guess how much, pl- you know, plastic surgeons make so much money. Why? Because they do it for you. Like you don't want to go to the gym. No problem. We'll do a tummy tuck for you. Yep. That's fine. We'll just cut you and, and we'll, we'll make it happen. You, oh, you're, you're, yeah. Like that's, that's what happens, right? It makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I do you wish you had this little discipline pill? Just take this discipline pill and then everything, then all of a sudden all your all your efforts, everything will just get magically done for you. And that's yeah. like, like when you talked about uh, what made me laugh when you're talking about the four buckets in the other bucket, the others, yeah. I identify that and I realize, find someone else. Exactly. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's so true. I, uh, in terms of that, I, uh, when I started my, my businesses, I realized that um, you know I'm I'm not a big fan of accounting and detail. I'm the creative. You know when you're talking about those yep. advertising buckets, I was definitely relating with those different types of being around creative people, dynamic architecting, things like that. Uh, I had a lot of relations, uh, the the finances and the details. And so that was the first thing that I did. I was like, I need to find uh, an accountant or a CFO or someone because I hate this. This is not mm-hmm. my thing, and because I don't like it, I'm not going to be great at it. And so uh, there was a definitely a lot of you viewing it from the buckets uh, not only allows you to identify the things you would love to do, but identifying that 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 Venn diagram of must must gets done, but doesn't actually have to get done by me. And right. Unfortunately, exactly. And unfortunately, your body uh, and the and the working out is still on the side. And if you want <laughs> it has to be done by you, yeah. Unfortunately, you are right. Currently, for the moment, um, that's great. Uh, one of the things you're, you're talking about is, I mean. You said that you you do have these 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 four 
motivators that that keep you going. Um, what it made me think about, what I was curious is that those are motivators, but you said you don't necessarily have like like an end game holy grail. Is there? Do you not have like any type of? Do you have these? Is 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 the is the end game holy grail to just keep these things? engage these four motivators going and revisiting those things or do you actually have a a destination for what you want to achieve with this world um look there's there's life right everyone goes through life and that's that's our destination it's it's like can you be fulfilled and happy and can you create impact can you like, uh, you know, for me, creating impact has been one of my new boxes, right? It's, it's evolved and um, personal evolution is, is one of my new boxes. Architect is still a box creating impact, which has kind of replaced advice as much as I love to advise and having conversations. Um, sometimes you, the word create impact makes it bigger, right? It, it's like, I, it, I can have advise you one-on-one but creating impact means that there's the masses who have been hit by this. It sounds like you're sliding down this, what you were exactly talking about of, of product collaborations results. And you went from yeah. advising, which is merely the process to the result, which was the impact. Correct. And, and um, you know, I look at my life and I say, okay, well, what do I really want to achieve? Okay. I've got specific goals with my company Funnelytics, right? But that is a moment in time. Like even if you think of Amazon, even though this is Jeff Bezos's life work, it's a moment in time for Jeff Bezos. Like Jeff Bezos was born 30 years before he started Amazon and he will most likely live 30 years after he leaves Amazon or doesn't run it, right? Who knows? I don't know. but. You know, the that's so there, there are always goals that I want to achieve based on the projects that I'm working on that fit my 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 boxes. Yeah. So right now I'm working on Funnelytics. It's my core project. I have goals of taking that to a hundred million dollar business. Um, I have I have goals around that. Mm. But at the end of the day, to my core is am I fulfilled? Am I enjoying life? Am I enjoying what it is that I do? Like, am I satisfied with everything? Not just, I'm trying to reach for more because why, why, what would I be reaching? If I'm not fulfilled today, then what is more going to help me with, mm -hmm. right? Like how is more going to all of a sudden change the fact that I'm now fulfilled because I have more. Yeah. You'll always be looking for more at the end of the day, if, if that's the case. It's like that small, um, very quick story. Um, and and I, I, I don't want to butcher this story. I'm sure you've heard it before. But, uh, you know, a businessman sees this fisherman. And you, you know this story? Yeah, but please. Yeah, so a businessman sees this fisherman. And uh, this, this fisherman is really, really good. He's catching, you know, one by one, these fish. And the businessman says, hey, like, I see you coming here every single day fishing, going back to your home, spending time with your family. And every day you do the exact same thing. And uh, like, what, uh, like, why don't you expand? Why don't you grow? Like, why don't you get more boats? And he's like, well, why would I do that? And he's like, well, because then you can get other people to fish and you can catch three times, four times the fish, right? And you can make more money. And he's like, okay, but why would I want to do that? And he's like, well, if you have more money, then you can buy a bigger boat and you can go and fish more and get more fish and make even more money. And then the guy's like, okay, but what do I do then? And he's like, well, then you can go back and relax with your family and, and sit down and, and enjoy. And he's like, but I'm already sitting down and enjoying right now. Like I'm already fulfilled. So why do I need to do all those things? Yeah. Right. And like, I, I probably butchered that story a little bit, but you understand the concept there, right? Which is like, yeah. how do you, you've got to find that sense of fulfillment regardless of what your goals are, right? Like the goals can't be the thing that ends up creating fulfillment for you because you'll never find it. Mm -hmm. So I look at life as, Hey, let's just, uh, Let's enjoy life. And I, I do have goals, but those goals aren't defining whether or not I'm fulfilled. 
nicely put. Um, and it, it makes a ton of sense. It's, it's the, you know, the, 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 the destination isn't the, the, really the goal. It, it's really who you become and the sensations you get from doing the activities. And so it's really about more cultivation of those activities. And I really would say that what I, I really like those core four boxes and then identifying are, are sliding down that scale of the, you know, are, is this something that is actually getting the result of these activities? What are the results of these four core activities that I want to cultivate and understanding that will these activities that I do cause my motivators to get the utmost sense of fulfillment. And so that, that definitely resonates with me um, a lot. Uh, question about your, um, cause I know we're, get, we're gonna start to wrap up here. I know you have a, a call in a couple of minutes here. What is, um, like Funnelytics, can you kind of just briefly talk about your company? What does it do, do who do you serve and what kind of clients do you work with? Yeah, so uh, we serve digital marketers. Um, everyone who sells uh, or who kind of drives traffic, if you set up ads, you build landing pages, you do all sorts of you know di digital marketing activities for businesses, whether it's your own businesses or for clients. Uh, and what we've done is we've built a tool to help digital marketers uh, better visualize um, their marketing strategies, their marketing campaigns. So think of like a, uh, a lucid chart or like a diagramming tool where you could just kind of sketch out like flows and stuff. Yeah. So we've got all these marketing icons, like every icon that you can think of, uh, but you can just kind of diagram out all of your marketing strategies. But then the cool thing with Funnelytics and the reason it's called Funnelytics is because you can just click a button and overlay all of your analytics data on top. So you can see how people are flowing through this diagram um, in a way that you like can't with any other tool. So um, that's what we've built. Uh, we've grown, our community is really great. Um, we've, we've got a lot of people in there and yeah, it's, it's been a cool journey so far. Can you speak of any results that you've achieved with this process? Like building Funnelytics? Uh, yeah, so what I'm talking about is like, so right now you described the product, right? And you talked about yeah. how people online want a result. Um, so can you talk more about what the results are that you, you help people to achieve? So you talked about the visualizations of the funnel, right? Yeah. Um, but um, how does that help with me to get a skinnier body, more ripped abs, do things like that? Yeah, so so we, we pinpoint precisely what's working and what's not mm -hmm. in your, your marketing. So when you look at your diagram on your uh, on Funnelytics, you'll see oh, this is why I'm not making as many sales or the people who have bought this product have come from this path, right? This is the path that they took to get there. Um, or the people who are worth, you know, the most money to me, um, I watched these three blog posts or these videos and, and I get a better sense of my, my, my marketing as opposed to looking at charts and graphs uh, to try and, and have to hire a data analyst to kind of explain to me what's really happening. I can see it in a picture and that picture tells a story. Sure, so you're turning data into actionable results that allows me to have an, a more intimate understanding of my customers and the process of how they buy my product. Exactly. Nice, awesome. Who do you think is your uh, core customer? Like if you said, okay, these are the people, you said digital marketers, but are there digital marketers in certain industries or sectors? Are they, do you, can you, do you, do you uh, think that these are the people that really because you said your online community, do do they fall into a more subsect of buckets uh, besides just digital marketers? Um, no, you, yes, mostly performance-based marketers, like people who, um, you know, really, the, the, the person who cares about a dollar on ad spend equals how much money back, right? The, the person who cares about return on advertising dollars or advertising sure. spend, um, the person who really cares about understanding flow, like understanding customer journeys. Yeah. So it's not really useful for say a social media manager who just posts on Twitter to try and get your Twitter followers up, but they don't care about the conversions. They don't care about how many of those become customers, et cetera. Right. So it's really about that, that conversion minded, uh, marketer sure. who cares about, um, how do I get how do I turn this traffic into dollars? Makes a ton of sense. So if, 
somebody in the digital space wants to reach out to you, wants to get a hold of you, um, how do they contact you? How do they get hold of you? How do they, you know? Uh, yeah, just go to funnelytics.io um, and sign up. We have our free mapping tool, which is really, really awesome. You can use it for free uh, forever. And then um, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can go to mikeldia.com and you can see a whole bunch of cool stuff that I do over there. And uh, yeah. Beautiful. Mikhail, thank you so much for your time, brother. I've really enjoyed this conversation and, and thank you for uh, sharing your journey and, and everything that you do. My pleasure. This was fun. I enjoyed it. Pleasure. All right. Catch you later. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have any comments, suggestions, or feedback on how to improve the podcast, I would cherish that. Please give me an email or shout out at Dylan at heroesofreality.com. That's D-Y-L-A-N at heroesofreality.com. Stay strong, young adventures. Until next time.